This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Well, well, thank you for joining us here today. What is your name? My name is Philip Sobrilo. Alright, and what is it that uh, you do in the line dance community? What's your primary role, would you say? Well, I am a line dance instructor mm-hmm. and an um, organizer. I organize my own event as well, mm-hmm. line dance event. What's that one called? Um, I call it Glitz and Glam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's mostly in Asia, so it's Glitz and Glam Asia. So I do that. Um, I also do the um, charity fundraising in Malaysia, Sarawak. Every two years, we raise funds for an organization for kids that doesn't have um, money to go to school. So we raise funds to bring them to a school so that they can have education and have a good job. Where is your main base of operations? In Singapore. Right. But because uh, Malaysia and Indonesia are pretty close to where we are, so it's like an hour flight or you know five-hour drive, um, I do most of my stuff in Malaysia anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my events, I would do you know parties and stuff where you know join people's party and stuff in Malaysia, which is much not that bad compared to to Vegas. But you know Vegas is still full on. But the one in Malaysia seems to you know they're they're getting there. You know they're they're hitting up. Uh, where Vegas is trying to be right now, you know, they, they do all sorts of stuff. They, they invite all sorts of choreographers all around the world. It just used to be them, you know, because to get people to fly down to Asia is pretty hard. Yeah. But now it's, it's getting up there, you know, all the top-notch choreographers have been there or are going there. So I think that's pretty cool for, you know, Asians. How did, how did line dancing get into that area? Well, I, I mean, I've been dancing since I was five. So that was like 30 years ago. So for me, Singapore started line dancing where my mom started teaching. And then, you know, she started teaching in a club where my uncle plays a country and western band. And then or my, my, another uncle who does DJing for country and western music. So, you know, they would have some line dancing there. My auntie who stays in the States would pass my mom the step sheets and she would learn it and then she would teach it to us. And then we have groups from all, all around Singapore coming in and then they learn and they start their own class and then it just gets bigger. Then we had a couple of Malaysians come to Singapore, see all that and then they bring it to Malaysia and then Indonesian going to Singapore and seeing it. You know, it's just started like what, 30 years ago. So I guess, you know, I don't know how it exploded, but I believe it's just more the love of it. Everybody seeing it, enjoying it, you know, dancing. What else can you ask for? You know, people coming together. Yeah. And how did you go from your first exposure to line dance to where you are today? Okay, <clears throat> let's see. Um, well, all, all I did was when I was young, we performed. That was about it, you know. And when you perform, you get paid. So being a, a five-year-old, six-year-old thinking, okay, you know, you're going to have money, let's just do it. You know, so I kept doing it over the years and then Michael Jackson came out, right? So I kind of kept trying to follow his moves and doing everything until my mom was like, why don't you do a line dance to one of his songs? So mm-hmm. I did from Smooth Criminal. Mm-hmm. So I did a dance called MJ Smooth Criminal, adding a few of his steps. And then that's where it hit off. You know, people looked at it, saw it. And then a couple of years later, joined the Explosion uh, choreography competition, won that. How old were you then? Well, I think I was 23 oh, wow. when I did that, yeah won that competition kept being called back every year up to today so it's 11th <laughs> year wow that I'm here so you know it's you see it change bits and bits and bits I mean the line dance it's just been country before so now you got hip hop line dance salsa line dance jazz line dance you know so every kind of song that you have can be turned into a line dance so it doesn't matter where you 
like it or not, you know, as long as you know it, you can just go on the floor, do it, enjoy it. You know, that's great. Yeah. Do you have a favorite style out of all those? No. I mean, I do everything. You know, I, to me, it's more of the music rather than the style of the dance. If it's a Latin music and if I can move the way it is supposed to be, then, you know, I'll do it. But I don't have a specific uh, genre of dance that I need to like. You know, I like it all. I just do whatever is being played. And importantly, the steps has to look good. Yeah, the music and then the steps. Are there steps that you tend to lean toward when you're creating a new dance or a, a genre of music that feels best for you? Well, I always used to choreograph to music by Michael. Mm. You know, I'm always doing his stuff. And then people kept telling me, you know, I should just do more. So then I jumped into all the other Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, and I do a little bit of Alan Jackson here and there. You know, now I feel that over the years I kind of improved that I can do any kind of dance in any kind of song. So you know, it makes me feel like all right, I'm matured in the line dance world, I guess. So yeah. And have other choreographers uh, influenced the way that you choreograph? The one that influenced me the most was Gaitan. Gaitan yeah. Mundi. Gaitan Mundi. Yeah. He's the one that influenced me the most. And then followed by Joe Thompson and then Scott Blevins. And then Roy, Badong and, and the group, you know, it, they brought a new level. They brought up a new level of line dances. I'm looking at that and I'm, you know, trying to make my way into that category as well. So it's just differences of people, basically bringing what they have in the line dance scene. What is it that... Uh Oh, we have a visitor to the table. And, uh, oh, and away. The, all right. Okay. Back, back to yep. here. All right. Um, in, uh, oh, what was it? In the middle of that sentence, <laughs> I was asking you about choreography. Yes. Mm. All right. So what, um, what is it that makes uh, a dance feel good for you? Like, what things do you like to hit and what things do you tend to leave out? Well, if I choreograph a dance, the first thing I'll do is listen to the music long enough, hard enough to know if I could add in dances that is according to the lyrics and then to the beat. You know, I, I don't, I just don't listen to the music once and then start doing a dance to it. I have to listen to it a lot of times. You know, I don't like to just put in dances um, out there with you know one or two times listening to it and then just doing it and putting it out there for the sake of trying to get the first song or you know trying to get be the first one to use that song before anybody else get it it's all about listening to it you know sometimes by the time I put it out somebody else already has a dance to it and it's already out there as long as I can still teach it to my students and still enjoy it while I'm dancing with them you know it's fine if it's out there and somebody else want to choose it you know I'll be happy, you know, to watch a video of it. But I don't like to go, oh, it's a new song, I better grab it before somebody else do it, you know. And then listen to the beat, make sure that I got every point right before I put in the steps. Then once I get the steps down, I gotta do it like a hundred times probably just to make sure it feels right before I actually put it out. I mean, there was a couple of times where I did put on music, I put out the dance there without really listening to it. And then after, Doing it a couple of times, I kind of like, huh, you know, it's not as good as I wanted it to be. Then I kind of put it aside, which is kind of sad though, but you know, you just have to. Would you say that's what separates like choreographers from just people who put together a bunch of random steps? Well, 
everybody has to start somewhere. Sure. So I kind of did start there. Oh, nice song, just do it, you know, put it in my head. Sometimes the dance do really goes well. Like a couple of my dance, like um, Hardworking Man and Proud Mary, these are dances I did it on the plane. Hmm. You know, I just put on this, my, earphone, my earphones and I just kind of listened to it and used my fingers and did the steps and stuff like that, wrote it down, went to the event, taught the exact dance, and it, you know, it was a hit. Sometimes you kind of just teach it and you, you notice people don't really like it. You can see it from their face, like certain steps doesn't fit. But everybody has to go through this. Everybody has to go through it a lot of times before they realize, okay, have to listen to it a couple of times first before jumping up the gun and trying to teach it so yeah is there demand for any particular style where you usually teach where they're saying hey why don't you do more of yes well because Singapore is a Chinese you know it, it's a, it's an English country I mean everybody speaks English there. that's our first language but um, the, the fact that <laughs> we have we have some uh, some more visitors passing by the interview and to, to fill in everybody right now, our guest Philip is speaking with one of his uh, his fans from a workshop. All right, all right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, well, like I was saying, in Singapore, but you know, there's a lot of Chinese people, and to cater to them, you got to do. Oh, they think we have to do Chinese songs. So it's not my thing. I mean, that really throws away from the line dance scene. Like a new class that they start, the song wouldn't be country. You know, if you want to do line dance, you have to do country first. You know, that's where it started all. You know, you got to make sure that it hits up. And then know all the, the basic steps, know all the basic songs, know who the choreographers are before you do something else. But in Singapore, most of them do a lot of Chinese songs. They start off with Chinese songs. So it doesn't look like it's line dance. You know, you take away the country, you take away the clothing, you take away the boots and the hat, and then it's just a bunch of ladies dancing to a Chinese song, which looks like it's folk dancing mm. rather than line dancing. So it's kind of, you know, I, would, I wouldn't say destroying the image of line dance, but staying the, the, the image of line dance somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You know, but when you come here, you know, you feel, I feel more like home. You know, everybody's doing to a song that everybody would know, you know, they enjoy it, you know, the steps are there. So, I think back home, that's where, you know, I'm, I'm having to still that I've got to do a Chinese song, but I'm still putting my feet down on the ground, like, no. One or two, it's fine. You know, not like three quarter of the dance list. It's all Chinese music and I, you know, I was asked to DJ once. He gave me the list. I couldn't, I, I didn't know how to pronounce the name. I didn't know how to count in. I didn't know how to... You know, it's like, it's not line dance, you know, even the way they dress doesn't seem like it's line dance anymore, you know, shorts and t-shirts and, you know, so, yeah. So, already we've seen line dance moving into directions that it hadn't been in uh, previously. Where else do you see it going? Well, what other ways do you see it changing? You know, the truth is, we get older. We have to learn to accept the younger generation coming in. We have to learn to accept the way they dance. You know, we can influence them according to what we know, but you still have to let them be free and do whatever they want to do. If we keep stopping them from doing what they want to do in the line dance circle, then there won't be any young 
kids or young generation to take over when we retire. So I believe if there's a young guy who really likes to dance, encourage them, you know, and then you will know where it will hit. Where it goes right to Metallica or, or rock or you know whatever it is, as long as the essence of line dance is still in there, we should be happy about it. We should be proud about it. We should promote it. We should push for it. And you know, it's not about where we live. You know, if I live in Singapore, I will do dances that's from the states, from the UK, you know, from Malaysia, and it should be the same. You know, people from the US doing dances from the UK or Singapore or Malaysia so that at least there's a common ground that we are all sharing each other's dances you know not alright America just do America stuff you know Singapore do Singaporean stuff you know it's, it shouldn't be that way I see it moving forward now with, with now um, like Roy Vodong and the whole group is here compared to the past what five years it was all this American you know a few Asians and here there but now we see a lot you know England UK you know all these people all here so I think going forward it would probably be good if it's more international rather than just by themselves and have you done collaboration with uh, with other choreographers from yep. these countries I've done it with Roy Hathisburo I've done it with Raymond I've done it with um, people from the States um, you know my dream or I would say my wish is to probably choreograph dances with most of the instructors I know you know at least with the ones I know like Guyton and Scott and you know it's it's going there it, everybody is so busy and you know traveling you just don't have the time to do it but I'm, I'm gonna try you know to choreograph with them uh, or at least get a whole group together and, and do like when when I did my event I had people from Australia Japan uh, instructors from um, South Africa you know so what I did was I got all the instructors that was in my event to do a dance together for that event so my, my key is when I do my next event all the instructors that are invited will have to come together and choreograph a dance together so it, you know it keeps going so at least there's some unity in the dance and then during the night night event we get to teach it and enjoy it basically yeah. And with all the touring and international teaching, how do you balance your line dance world with the rest of the responsibilities in your life? It's not easy though. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty good at planning myself, um, making sure that I do have enough to survive. Bills are all paid, you know, if I have to travel and things like that. So I've done jobs to jobs. You know, I'm not picky. I get, I grab whatever I can and, you know, but I've been lucky. I have jobs that bosses are pretty nice that they allow me to travel, take my leave, um, part-time jobs here and there just so that I can do it. So I've survived, I would say, 15 years doing this. So I think I'm pretty good at it. I mean, eventually one day I'll have to, I'll have to settle down, you know, and, and, and focus on what I want to do real in life because I got a few jobs but I'm still not ready for that yet so I'll take my time good uh, what other challenges have you experienced in addition to, to the work-life play balance uh, what other sorts of challenges or, or conflicts have you encountered as part of this uh, this world well, you know the challenges it would be the travel mm. you know um, a couple of years back, I did events back to back to back. So I was in Taipei, did an event, got back home, only had a day to get ready, 
and I left to Hong Kong. And then from Hong Kong, I came back, met my dad at the airport, we switched luggage, and then I came to the US. So that was a lot. The, the traveling was the biggest challenge I could, you know, the, the 28 hours, the 26 hours flight, you know, the, the stall time in between, things like that. That is one of it. Um, the other one is I have a son. So I have to, you know, make sure that he does his things when I'm gone, making sure that my mom is alright, taking care of him when I'm gone, or at least he's able to take care of himself. But, you know, it, it's just something that I knew I could do. You know, and I, I learned the hard way sometimes. You know, my mom would call me and say, oh, he hasn't come back yet from school, or the school will call me and say he hasn't come back to school, you know, things like that while I'm away. But I managed to get through all that and still now now he's old enough to do whatever he wants to do. I'm free, I would say, to do whatever I want to do more. So yeah, that's one big challenge there. For anybody who is thinking about getting into this, but maybe they're not like some strapping blonde haired blue eyed from person from Texas or whatever, they think, Oh, line dance people, they don't want me. I'm I'm just on the outside. Have you ever felt like an outsider or uh, has line dance just kind of circumvented any kind of boundaries like that? Um, you know, it's funny because I feel more like an outsider back home than I am here. Interesting. How's you that? Know? Well, in Singapore, they don't promote local dancers. You know, they don't keep up with local instructors. They, they, to them, local instructors is just a local instructor. You know, why should we do his dance? We have famous choreographers all around the world, you see. But for me, I'm, I'm much well-known and people know me more when I'm out here in the States or even in Malaysia or in Hong Kong. It's, people know me there. And then when you're back home and if I go to a party, they're like, you know, who are you, you know? But sometimes it's funny when they have already done a couple of my dances, but they, didn't, they don't know it's my, Because when I collaborate with somebody else to do a dance, they would see, oh, all right. Amy Glass and they teach it and then thinking oh Philip Sobrilo they, you know they don't know it until they meet me they, oh you're the guy that did this dance with Amy you know things like that so it's funny when you're back home which is good I, I, to me I think it's good because when I'm back home I get a rest you know I, I can go around and go to other people's classes and not have to be you know talking and you know stuff like that I mean I love it when I'm here you know people talking to me people I've only seen once a year or twice a year I enjoy that. But if I go there, I'll be seeing them in almost every, every party that I go through. It's the same people, so you don't have much to talk about. You see, so it's, it's different. Good different to me, I guess. No, not being real known back home, but here, you know, it's awesome. Hey, you're like a rock star. Well, you can put it that way. So are there any personal touches that you tend to put into your choreography so that people could identify, like, oh, that's, that's one of his dances just by watching it? Well, it used to be a couple of uh, Michael's moves in my dances, ah. and they know it. And um, I do a lot of his impersonation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, the wig, the, the hair, the, you know, the glasses, the clothes and stuff like that. I do, I used to travel and do charity events and dress up like Michael and, and do his dance and stuff like that. Um, but you know, everybody now sees me that way. Like, oh, he's the Michael, or he's, you know. So I'm trying to get my own identity and, and do my own thing. So. It's not easy, but you know, I'm trying. I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know what I can put in to know that it's my dance. But so far in this event, 
I have not used or done any Michael Jackson routine yet. So people are looking at me as me instead of, oh yeah, he's the one that did Michael Jackson, you know. I don't have that. So I think I'm heading the right direction from there. Yeah. So in addition to to omitting the Michael Jackson move set, are there any uh, dances that you just tend to not have in your catalog of, of dances that you do? No. I would do whatever it's nice. I mean, I don't necessarily choose dances that people say it's popular mm. you know I, it might be popular but it might not be nice you know so I am picky with my dancers but right now um, I'm going towards the older classic dancers compared to the newer ones because there's too many new ones and it doesn't last right so but I know the old classic is still there songs done by Joe Thompson like Splish Splash and you know Scott Blevins Dirty and you know Have Fun Go Mad New Flow these are classic dances that you don't have to play it for a long time but when you do people still remember the dance but if you do something today and you wait five years later people forget it you know because it's the same steps there's no unique unique steps in there it's always the same sailor coaster kickboxing so I feel instructors need to when you're going to grow up a dance find unique steps something that makes it different you know and then at least people are like oh alright that's something different we never done and they might want you know to do it over and over again then the same old stuff yeah yeah you mentioned the classics and uh, we had a flash mob at this event to Dizzy yep. it seemed like they barely even had to teach it because everyone Everybody knows has it. done it you know, yes. for, for the past but many years now I'm very sure that people who don't know it I'm very sure that people have, may not know what Dizzy was um, there was a couple of ladies that didn't know what uh, Ghost Train was mm. you know so when I Ask them how long have they done to say, Oh, a year, two years. So basically, they start learning dances that are now, you know, so they forget about the dances that have been around for a very long time. Which the, ins- the instructors who teach them has to kind of throw in a full, few old classic in because that's where the basic steps are, you know. So, yeah. Are there any go-to dances that you uh, put a focus on teaching when people are just starting out and they need a few under their belt? How do you choose, with all the dances there are out there, how do you choose which ones they start with? Well, I have a line dance program. Oh, oh yeah. sorry. We have another visitor to the table. I li- I like, she, she, she won't do this with me. She won't do this. I dropped her off with me. I said, that is so cool. The new thing. <laughs> there are two visitors uh, discussing with Phil the choreography of his dance, uh, New Thang. I recommend that you check out the dance, New Thang, when you get a, an opportunity. All right, and we're back. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, I was saying, back home, I created a line dance program. And um, the, the program so far, I've been using it for my class, and it's good. It's, it's helping them to remember the dance better. So I've been looking through all the old dances that I've been doing or when I started with the electric slide, cowgirl twist, even the new ones like Cupid Shuffle and stuff, to from a program where it helps them remember the steps. So for example, I will start off with the fun dance, and then it will go to Cupid Shuffle, cowgirl twist. You know, these are the dances would help them to change their weight, transfer weight from right to left, left to right, right to left. So they know how to balance themselves. And then I'll go with the electric slide, which is the vine. And a honky-tonk song with his vine half turn or Mama Maria vine quarter turn. So then I'll clear the vines. And I'll teach them dances with sailor steps and then the shuffles and the cha-cha. So I've got the program where once they're done with all that, 
then I'll move on to the next one. Mm. You know, if they're not, they have not mastered it yet, then I'll teach dancers that has more of those type of uh, steps. And once I see they're ready, then I'll push them on. So at least at the end of what, three months or four months, they know every basic steps that when I call it out, I don't have to go, all right, it's step to the right, step to the left, I can just go, all right, it's sailor step. You know, and they know it. It might take a while, it might take you four months, five months, but you know, that's how it's supposed to be. You don't teach them 20 dancers and then expect them to go on a dance floor and, and, and dance it out because then you lose students. You know, they get scared, there's so many new dancers, they get afraid. It's all about the steps. It's never about the dance, it's the steps. Once you know the steps, you know the dance. You know, that, that, that's what I try to do. Is there a place people could find those, uh, those chunks of, of dances in each level well, online? No, not everybody has that. I, I mean, I just put it out. I haven't, I haven't gone through it properly. I haven't. Because that would be really interesting for me to see. I know as, I, a, as a I've, occasional instructor. Everyone that I've explained this to is always asking me to, you know, take. But it's it's something I I just want it to be perfect before I let it out. I want it to be um, ready. I don't want to have it out there and then oh no something goes wrong. And also because I want to try it on my class first. And so far they've been with me for what two months and they're pretty good it used to be I teach them a dance go back and then when we come back next week we revise the dance that I teach now I find that I just teach the dance next week when they come back I just play the music and they still remember it because all I have to do is call it out you know and they still do it I mean slightly harder dancers yes you have to go through a couple of steps but you know, most of the time now I do is just play the music and they, they get to do it on their own because they practice at home, which is the more the main key. Um, technique wise, it's not about the body roll or the hand roll. You know, it's, it's about the counting, knowing the count, um, knowing the beat. So, you know, those are the kind of things you need to teach your students first. Not about how you roll your body, how you look around. You know, all this can be done once they're so comfortable on the floor and it's time for them to learn. You know, and that's, that's why my program is, even, even my technique in that program is all about smiling, breathing, um, clapping. Like, you go to an event, dance, after every dance, clap. Two things will happen. You give yourself that wonderful, you know, like encouragement that, yay, you know, I did it. And the atmosphere just goes up. You know, nowadays, after they dance, they just walk away, you hear silence until the next music comes up, you know, so where is the clap, where is the... Yeah. Sorry, I like your teaching. Thank you. We, we have another visitor who's here to compliment Philip's exceptional teaching. He's, All right. well, he's making plans to search yeah. for his dances online and I recommend that you do the same. <laughs> Alright, continue. All right. Yeah, so, it's, it, to me, technique and, and stuff like that is important. But what is more important? Getting to know how to dance or dancing. You know, smiling when you dance. You know, not looking down on the ground. You know, looking at the person beside you and, you know, laughing if you made a mistake. These is, are more important stuff than knowing how to do that body roll or, you know, do the moonwalk or things like that. It's enjoying it first. And then once you enjoy the dance, you know it by heart, then do whatever you want to do, what kind of body roll you want to do. You know, even if it's wrong, you know, even if it's the wrong kind of body roll that you can do, it looks awkward to you, at the end of the day, it, hey, if anybody wants to make fun of you, let them make fun of you. As long as you're on the floor, enjoying yourself, who cares?
Yeah. So. Huh, that's very encouraging for people who think, oh, I can't dance. I don't know how to do the things that I would need to to dance. If they know how to smile, if they know how to breathe, and if they know how to clap at the end of it, yeah. it sounds like they're your fundamentals. Exactly. And, you know, you do, may not know the dance. So you go up there and you try to pick it up, you know, make a mistake. Fine. It's my variation. That's what I always tell them. If you make a mistake, it's your variation. But at least, you know, you had the guts to go up there and try it out. Especially for beginners. You know, they're always so afraid to go on the floor because they just learned the dance. But that's where everybody started. Your, even your top-notch choreographers were there once. They were afraid to go on the floor. And then later on, they just jumped in there and they, they are where they are now. If you don't have, if you don't make that, that first step of going on the floor, I mean, you can go in there and tell the person beside you, I don't know this dance, I'm new, and that person could guide you, you know, but if you make a mistake, she's not going to laugh at you or anything, they're going to laugh together, it's about laughing together and making a mistake and then say thank you at the end of the day, or if you bump into somebody, you know, you turn around, apologize, yeah, it's alright, you know, things like that. I mean, there are people who get mad or angry, you know, they, but as long as you bump into somebody and you apologize, that's it. You know, it doesn't matter if they want to accept the apology or not. As long as you enjoyed it, you are happy, you win. John is in the room. Oh, we have a, another visitor to the table, and they are the sorting out him, which is issues with a room key. In the room. That's why I took your key. The busy and exciting world of, of line dance continues here at our podcast interview table. He, your, your key can't be used? <laughs> Now I gotta go get my wallet. I had to walk down. We'll 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 edit this all out in post. So from here, from here, my question to you is: um, a lot of people would say, "Oh, learning all this—it's so much work. I had to to have to go to all these lessons." What, how would you respond to that? That what what makes it worth it to to do what's necessary to you know just get yourself started? What makes it worth it to continue for the many years that you've been doing this? Well, you know, it may... I mean, different situations happen. Like, you may not like the first few songs that you learn, you know, because you've seen so much better dancers out there, more exciting dancers out there. But you have to just learn all those dancers first. You know, you, you just have to go through that. I, I know somebody who doesn't really like country music. But when they come to my class, if that's the first lesson that you do, it's all going to be country. What I do is I teach them the steps. And then I tell them, all right, you know, with this song, you can use, uh, with this dance, you can use the song by Jennifer Lopez. You know, um, especially if you, kid, you teach kids or teenagers, you know, most of them don't really like country music unless it's new country or pop country or not. So I teach the electric slide. And when I play the song, I do Ellen Jackson, you know. So, you know, you could see in their face, like, like, oh, no, you know. But I'll go up to them and say, all right, look, electric slide can be danced to Janet Jackson's song. Just go back, pick it up. And then, they, you know, and then they go back, they try it. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know. So as long as you do all that until you get to the point where you kind of like all the other songs, that's it. You know, end of the day, you've made it. You know, don't give up. It's like when you go to when you tell your kids when they go to school, you got to study. They may not like math, revision, revision, tuition. You know, things like that. You keep them doing it until they're done with it, right? It's the same thing goes for us. Just because we are parents or we are adults doesn't mean we we don't pr- do what we preach to our kids. Like I tell my students, if you guys don't go back and practice, 
It's like telling your kids that after school, yes. go home and play games. Yes. You know, don't revise, don't do anything. It's the same exact thing. So if you want them to practice in school, it's the same thing as goes for you. Practice at home. Do the steps, go to class. At the end of the day, once it's all in your head and you could pick up dances like that, you will enjoy yourself. Yep. How would you say that line dance has changed you? Because it sounds like you've, you've developed uh, something of a, a patience and a work ethic through through all of this. In, other, in what other ways have you found yourself uh, uh, change over time in the scene? Well, I don't know if I've... I mean, I've changed... Okay, the thing the most that I would have changed is the way I dress. Ah, awesome. You know, if you ask anybody who knew me a couple of years, I came in funny costumes, one sleeve shirt, you know, one pants higher than the other, you know, and then to me, now when I look at pictures, I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? You know, but that comes with age. I think age is the thing that changed me. You know, so now I, I'll find like something that will be unique. Like that's the year I came with a vest. Then the year I came with a tie, I wear a tie every day, or a different tie, or a bow tie every day. Like this year it was suspenders. You I know. saw the suspenders, yeah. yeah so every year I'll try to find something to make my dressing different, you know, and that makes it a little bit more exciting. Like, all right, I've got a whole year to plan, five days, you know, like this year, five different suspenders, different colors, you know, shirts and stuff like that. So that, that would be the thing that changed me, my, my clothes. But if in talks of dance, the thing that made me more mature is that I get older, I don't really do too much funky. I just, I do a mixture of everything, you know, like my, my dancers this year, I did one by Abba, which is I do, I do, I do, I do. Kind of slow, and then a cha-cha one, and then a hip-hop with New Tang, and then two beginners one. One is which a Christian music, uh, just a little close, uh, closer walk with D, um, and um, one more real slow, funky R&B one. So this year I did bring different kind of dance, you know, and that's where I think I matured, because mixing with all these choreographers that individually do different stuff, it, you know, I kind of decided to write. I want to be me, but different as well. So, yeah. In addition to diversifying the sorts of music that we use with line dance, what can we in the line dance community do to uh, build or strengthen or improve the, the field in general? You know, everybody has to be able to take comments, criticism, whatever it is you have to accept it. If somebody comes up to you and say, look man, the way you're doing it is nice, but you gotta change this, think about it. You know, don't pull yourself down. You know, some people when, like if you go up to them, you say, no, whatever you're doing doesn't look right, they get upset, or they look down on themselves, or, you know. I believe if anybody comes up to me and tell me, look, the way you do your, your uh, coaster step or something, it's not right, I would ask them, all right, then show me, how do you do it? You know, and if I think that what he did is pretty cool, yeah, then I'll let it. If I don't think it's pretty cool, you know, it doesn't mean it's wrong. You just don't have to accept it. But sometimes you just have to take what people tell you. You know, and like, like I've, um, Guyton and Scott has told me a long time ago the way that I did my hip roll wasn't right, you know, before. And then when they showed me this, I was like, you know, okay. And then, has, the more I did it, the, the better it got. Now that they, they don't even ask, they do, now they don't even tell me that what I'm doing is right or wrong. So you know, it, it feels like okay, I finally gone where I, I need to be. Yeah. So 
Is there anything that seems like it's remained um, unspoken, like something that we should all be discussing in the community, but for some reason nobody nobody's bringing it up? Well, I believe the instructors that know each other, know each other pretty well, you know, should respect each other. Um, they do, we do, we do, I mean, we do respect each other, but in the sense that we should teach each other's dances and not just somebody you know. You know, I mean, like, just because I know Joe Thompson, just because I know Gaitan, I, I should be doing their dances. But there are people out there who I may not know but have pretty good dances out, should bring it out as well. You know, we should give recognition to people like this as well and not just teach the, the dances of people you know. Um, the other thing is, there's too many new dancers. Instructors just need to come together and tell event organizers, say, look, I know we're supposed to teach new dance at every event, but the more new dancers that I teach, the less the dancers last. You know, so if I teach something way a long time ago and bring it back, that should be good. You know, because there are people who probably didn't learn it and things like that. So I know some events do that. And I know some events still want you to teach new, new dance. So it's a toll on us. Like, imagine if you have two events back to back, and you've got to have to teach like five dance each. You have to have like ten dance in two weeks or three weeks. That's a big toll to us. So you either do that or you teach somebody else's dance. So yeah, that, that's one thing we need to know. Get together, talk, um, understand each other, which is what happens here in Vegas everybody knows each other you know if you see a video on, on my Facebook post about it um, when all the instructors got together yesterday and up the, up the room they were laughing and joking and you know talking and you know having fun that's the key at the end of the day all the instructors enjoying themselves you know? so when we go out and teach you know we learn each other's answers I go to her his class he come to my class yeah are there any other problems that you see in, in the line dance world that still haven't been solved? Maybe they've been there from the beginning, maybe they're new, like with the too many dances yeah. issue? Um, at the moment, not what I see. But um, there is a line drawn within the UK line dancers, the American line dancers, and then the Asian line dancers. You know, like if I go to a Crystal Buddha Watch, it's a good event, you know, but most of the winners are from the UK because it's there. You know, we've got the Dancer Choice Awards here before, and then most of the, the winners are American. You know, funny how that happens. Exactly. And then, and then we have this um, web page called Copper Knot, right? And everybody goes there and do all their dances. What's so funny is you have ten new dancers today, and then tomorrow you get another ten new dancers, and that ten that you put the day before are no longer new. So something has to be done. You know, if new dancers keep coming in and coming in and coming in. I mean, I don't know how they're going to stop that. They probably don't have a solution for that. But at least, you know, figure something out. Or, you know, everybody's coming out. People who have just done like a year in line dance, just a year, start to teach, start to choreograph, you know, start taking students from other people's classes, you know, things like these things do happen. Um, it, it doesn't happen to me because in my class, my number one rule is I will not take somebody else's student. If you want to join my class and if you tell me that you're learning from somebody else, I will not take you. Because 
Number one, I don't want the other instructor to think I poached them. Number two, I don't want them to be comparing, oh, my other instructor does this way. No. The other thing is sometimes, which I have experienced before, other instructors asking their students to join my class and poach my students to go in. So my number one rule is I will not take somebody else's students. You could come to my class and say you have never learned from anybody, but if I do find out, I'll give you back your money and I'll tell you to go. I mean, I'm not being proud. I, I'm, I'm sincere and I'm, I'm straightforward. I have people coming up to me and telling me that, oh, where are you teaching? I will tell them where I'm teaching, but I'll tell them, I'm sorry, but if you're learning from somebody else, no. You know, because most of the instructors are my friends. I will not. I, I will take friendship first before getting more money and more students. I want, my, I want my class to have a happy time dancing together, enjoying it, then to go to some, somebody else who's coming in and you know, creating all these issues. But I did tell my students, they have every right to go anywhere else. If they want to learn from me and they want to go and learn somebody else, they can. Because I'm not the kind who's going to say that instructor poached me, no. If you want to do it, do it. But as long as it's not the other way around, I'm fine. So these things do happen. Back home, there are people who learn like a year and start teaching for free. Right, so free and get paid. But this person who teaches for free has a daytime job. So doing it for free means nothing to him. But people who people like us who earns, this is our rice bowl, we get short change because of these kind of people. So there are all sorts of things. You, know, you can't do anything about it. The only thing you can do is be better, do more, learn more, and teach better stuff than the other instructor. That's that's the only way. Right, that way it makes it worth the money. Yeah. Is there anything, assuming that you have the ear of all the, the people, the instructors and choreographers and colleagues of yours in, in, in line dance, if you have all of them listening right now, is there anything that you would ask of them right now, just in general? The ones that I know, I love them. And everything I've done over the 11 years, I picked it up from each and every one of them, individually. There's nothing I could say bad about all this, especially the instructors in Vegas. There is nothing I could say about them that has made me do something wrong, no. The other way around is they made me better. The way they do things makes me feel more, because you know, Asians are pretty much shy. You know, they try to do things on their own. But over here, it just made me open up. Like I've seen everything and I enjoy everything, yeah. Okay, and for the people, the casual listeners who are also listening, is there anything that you would ask of them? Yeah. When they want to dance, think about themselves first. The important thing of a dancer is their heart. You gotta take care of your heart. I know someone who danced in the middle of the dance floor and died. Wow. Because he did not know, you know, he wasn't breathing while he was dancing, he just kept going and going and going. But the best thing is he died on the floor with a smile on his face. Even his wife wasn't that, I mean, she was sad, but she was, you know, because he's like 80, turning 80, and he's still going at it, but then she, with that smile on his face, she was all right. But everybody has to take care of themselves first. Their heart is the most important thing. And then their mind and their body. So if they want to dance, just take care of themselves. And if people wanted to ask you questions or follow up with you online, how would they best contact you? Well, Facebook. I know, Facebook, they can email me. Um, I've just opened up my own company, so I'm, I'm still in the means of um, having a website, my name card, and things like that. But Facebook will probably be the best at the moment. And, you know, I re I'll reply. If anything to do with dance or, you know, 
tagging pictures and stuff. But if they want to add me on Facebook, they need to have a picture that I can see. If there's no picture, I will not add it. And they need to have, you know, mutual friends. I just don't add in people that I don't know. And, you know, it's a lot of weirdos out there sometimes. You just don't know. But the important thing is have a picture and mutual friends. And, yeah, I'll just add them in. And, you know, any question, I'll just reply. Do you have any hope or wish for the future of Lion Dance? Or predictions? That if they could do one massive event where you get the Asians, the Americans, the Australians, the UK organizers to come together and do one massive event, that would be the bomb. I would love that. I would love that. All the top notch choreographers from all around the world coming in, that would be the best. I've thought about, uh, like, you know how with uh, with weddings, it's like the only time you can get everyone in your life all together at the same time. Um, I, I would love to see something like that for line dance. And right before we take this visitor to our table, I have one final question for you. Um, what line dance do you think everybody should learn right now? What line dance everybody should learn right now? Whoa! Um, the electric slide. The electric that slide? That would be the best. It's easy, everybody, new line dancers, old line dancers, everybody will be able to do it. The electric slide. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you on our very show. much. And uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. You here. too. Vegas Dance Explosion.